Welcome to Christian's Appointment. In this episode, I'm chatting to Georgette from Just a Tip Podcast, which is a bi-weekly sex-positive podcast, and we're chatting about her crush on Esmeralda from the 1996 Disney film The Hunchback of Notre Dame. The disappointment of this week is follow-up questions, which are a fundamental part of interviews and, uh, I guess, general conversation between human beings. So, um, for example, if someone was to tell you that they were a dancer... I mean, the obvious next question is to ask them what type of dance they do. I mean, the fact that if you wouldn't ask that, surely you're a fool and, I don't know, also probably just a shitty person, really, if you don't, in your head, think that's the next thing to ask and instead just ask a random question about something completely unrelated because that's that's not how human beings speak to one another. And um, instead of asking follow-up questions, I decided to just keep asking the same question again and again to Georgette. Um, certainly... If three times, maybe four. So I've had to get back on my um, editing hype to cut those together so they don't sound like a complete twat. So my recommendation to how to get around this is on Georgette's podcast. Actually, so if you enjoyed the last episode with Girl on the Net, Georgette has also interviewed Girl on the Net on her podcast in episode six called It Makes My Cunt Wet. And that basically has all the good stuff of Georgette and Girl on the Net, but without my shitty questions. So check that out. Um, I think she's also got one where she gets interviewed called Anal Mindset, so maybe check that one out as well. Um, and I'll throw links in the description to Georgette's um, social media and also those episodes. So I think Esmeralda from The Hunchback of Notre Dame, I mean, it's based on the book. I think, I should probably check this, I'm pretty sure that in the book, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, no, Esmeralda dies, and then The Hunchback of Notre Dame goes into her grave to die. That doesn't happen in the film. It's it's more upbeat than that. Um, here's the crush. So did Esmeralda have an immediate impact the first time you watched it? Yeah, she did. And the reason was because I hadn't ever seen a Disney princess, if if you would, put like that. Um, all the Disney characters besides Pocahontas at the time were all white so everyone was like blonde hair blue eyes so as much as I loved Disney it wasn't something that I could like entirely relate to and even though Esmeralda wasn't wasn't black she had some color to her like do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. um so she was just so different and I just loved how she wasn't like your typical princess like I don't even know if I would even call her a Disney princess but um she was just a woman in in her own right and I probably think that's why I was drawn to her as a kid because I was just like women like you aren't what I see normally be that on TV especially Disney so yeah so I guess you're seeing in what way do you see that as a a crush I guess from the first time you saw it um so like you know what it was firstly it was her eyes like the way that that they were obviously drawn she had these big old eyes and I was like they 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 drew you in even from like a young age and and I feel like that was played on a lot in the actual film um so yeah she had these big old eyes and she was a dancer and I've always danced from like very very young so I think that kind of made me have this massive crush on her and she was just really sexy like most other Disney characters didn't ooze sex the way that Esmeralda did 
And um, if I compare her to other characters, like, for instance, Snow White or Belle from Beauty and the Beast or Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, like, they they were all very, like, very timid women that were waiting for their Prince Charming to save them. Mm-hmm. And as much as I loved those films growing up, I just... Like, I couldn't, uh, how can I put it? Like, I couldn't um, almost agree with the idea that that's just how women are, that we are supposed to be just kind of like perched up somewhere waiting to be saved. And then when we are, then everything's great and you live happily ever after. Um, Whereas I found with Esmeralda, like as much as she definitely had a crush on, oh, sugar, what's his name? Phoebus? Yes. As much as she had a crush on him, she kind of played hard to get in the beginning. Um, And again, like very strong, very, very powerful. And she just owned her femininity. And I've got such a thing about women able to own what their femininity is uh, to them. So if that's like uh, going out and like almost like being able to to draw in every man or every woman or whoever you're attracted to draw them in with the way that that you enter the room your aura how you dance how you talk like if that's what your femininity is to you then like I champion that so much so even though I'm saying this as like a 31 year old even as a kid like I was just like there's just something about this woman that obviously made me have this massive crush on her (laughs) and so I guess the dance scene is, I guess, one of her iconic moments. Yeah. Was that, was that, did that stand out to you at yeah, the time? Yeah, most um, definitely. And it, I guess you're saying that you're a dancer. Is Would you say that dance is something that's appealing for someone, someone to have rhythm or someone to be able to move? Is that something that's enticing in people generally? Um. Yeah, like, so I, I, st- I started dancing when I was about 11 and I danced for about, like over 10 years so it was such a massive part of like of my life so like if um if I wasn't at school I was dancing if I wasn't dancing I was at school and be that whether I was at practice or at like any kind of competition I've always been around other dancers so even if I think about in my adult life um if I think about like if I've gone out like on a night out or if I've gone to like a club or to a bar I'm I'm usually drawn to any guy or girl that dances really, really well because I'm just like, oh my God, like me too. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I either want to join them or like I might want to battle them. And I've I've always liked people that have rhythm. It's very appealing to me. And could, say someone didn't have rhythm, but they sort of had, I guess, the, the confidence in what they were doing, even if it looked <laughs> awful, would that be able to work or would that just be the worst case scenario um, probably the worst case because it's kind <laughs> of like a very strong but very wrong type thing where I can see that they're like giving it their all but the moves aren't there and the rhythm isn't there and and I think even if I think about it in a sexual term I probably wouldn't have as much like I probably wouldn't be as drawn to somebody sexually if if they didn't have any rhythm because I'd think how are you going to be able to like bring rhythm to the bedroom because mm-hmm. I have found that 
in the type of sex that I've had anyway the rhythm has to be there so I kind of hope that when people can dance quite well that they are that they are also good in the bedroom um that hasn't always proved me right okay. <laughs> I I've been out and I've met someone that's like wicked on the dance floor and they've got all of the moves and the rhythms there and then we get in bed and it's like two different songs are playing it's, it's just it's not there so if you saw if Esmeralda was a real person you saw that dance what would you interpret about her oh my gosh like I would interpret that like she knows exactly what she's doing and if it came to like the bedroom she would probably take a lot of control um and and probably lead I feel just just because she does come across so confident even with her dancing and she's very playful she knows how to like draw the audience into her mm-hmm. um yeah and then I guess the flip side of that is um well maybe the flip side her song so God Help the Outcasts is kind of yeah. more about her um, caring and sort of her righteous side. Yeah. Is that, I guess, it's both her is her singing ability, is that something that was appealing? And then also that side of her personality. Um, did her singing appeal to me? Probably not in the same way, if I'm honest. Because, um, like you said, that was more of like, um, of a social justice thing. So, I think it was kind of hard to see her in a sexy way with that kind of song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it just opened up to a more caring side of her that as much as I guess she could put on this front of being very sexy and very, very confident, there is more to her than just her sex appeal. And then uh, I guess Demi Moore's performance. How did you, how do you, what do you think of her in as Esmeralda? Um, I think, she was casted well for it. I think, well, like, this is more of a personal thing and I do get it, but I've, the older I've got, the more I've kind of struggled with a Disney film that's set, for instance, in Paris, but with an American accent. It's like, it doesn't add up, but I, but I obviously understand why that was done. Um, but yeah, I, I do think Demi Moore played her very, very well. And her, like, I feel like her personality as an actress came through a lot when she was playing as Esmeralda. And then I, I don't think I'm taking words out of your mouth to say that no, you okay. were finding Esmeralda as being um, like a crush, but also sort of, um, inspiration is maybe too strong a word, but someone who you uh, wish to be like, is that... Definitely an inspiration, just because she wasn't the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I think about my journey, especially as a woman and sexually, it has been a case of me not being the norm, whether that's how I think, how I act, how I dress, how I look. Like I've, I definitely see myself as like, like as a different type of woman, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. So Esmeralda is is definitely someone that I admire in that sense. So then would you say that she, uh, I guess what qualities does Esmeralda have that you would look for in real people? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, her confidence for one, like I am 
massively attracted to confidence um which is weird because i'm I, i'm not the most confident person like as much as people might listen to my podcast and and think i'm actually quite confident and, and quite outgoing it's taken a lot for me to be this level of confident so yeah so definitely her her confidence um obviously her dancing ability um i would look for that in somebody today what else about her and and also the fact that like she's very caring like she wasn't the type of character that that was just sexy and that was it like there was so much more to her like it wasn't a case of what you see is what you get with her like she cares about the city she cares about her people she cares about the hunchback of well yeah um she cared about Quasimodo from the first interaction mm-hmm. um so yeah she's super super caring and again I am like that naturally and I would look for that in somebody else as well so you say that uh it was a, a journey to become more confident how yeah. how did you go about achieving that um I don't know you know um probably putting myself in a lot of uncomfortable situations where I have to like forcibly be more confident I think dancing helped a lot because I would dance in front of like hundreds of of people um be that on stage uh in a show or if it was like a competition and you had to have confidence or your dancing would just suck and mm-hmm. the judges would pick that up instantly. But again, it's like my confidence was on the dance floor and as soon as I came off, I would again be very, very shy. So I think the older that I've I've got, I've just had to try and push myself to be a lot more confident. Like even at the start of this year, um, I'm awful at networking. I hate doing it. I hate small talk. I'm just really, really, really shit. And I told myself, all right, every time you go to any kind of like work event or something to do with the podcast, you have to network with at least one person minimum every single time mm-hmm. and just find a common ground to to talk about and be able to speak openly and to feel like a lot more confident. And things like that have helped me yeah so that's that's definitely been my go-to for feeling more confident is just putting myself out there and I think also just like believing in myself as well which sounds so Disney but like (laughs) you, you actually have to believe in your craft and whatever it is that you do even if it's like wanting to be more sexually confident like I've I've had to have a fair amount of different sexual experiences to kind of gain what my confidence is when it comes to sex and this is probably the most sexually confident I've been but as much as that's been through partners that I've I've been with almost helping me to be a bit more confident it literally had to come from me mm-hmm. um yeah I just so went if, off on a rant just, just then, <laughs> like on a tangent, sorry. <laughs> so it, I guess if you're um, trying to become more confident, are you able to respond to knockbacks? If you went to a networking event and it didn't go well, are you able to respond to that positively or do you find that froze you? 
It definitely throws me like I'm the kind of person where I will literally like overanalyze everything, especially things that I've done. So chances are, even after this conversation, I'm I'm going to think, did I come across all right? Is he happy with that? Was it weird? Was I saying the right things? And I will literally analyze this entire conversation from top to bottom. So if I think about um, if I've ever gone to like a networking event and and it hasn't gone the way that I've hoped it would, it would knock me back in the sense where it would just make me be a bit more critical and will just maybe challenge me to do things a bit differently. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like speak to a friend and get some help on that as well. So would you say there are qualities that Esmeralda possesses that you would like to possess that so you feel like you don't maybe? Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, so I think her ability to naturally own a crowd, I would definitely like to add that to my... To, to the list of things that I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like the first time I think I've properly done that was at my live show last year. And even that, I was so flipping scared because I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to mess it up and people are going to be like, oh my God, you're just so shit. Um, and, and that went very, very well. But I just wish it was easier for me to kind of own a crowd um, when I'm out and about. I tend to kind of take the approach where I'll be in the background kind of scoping everyone out how's it going how are people acting and then I might kind of step forward a bit mm-hmm. um so definitely that part of Esmeralda I would love to kind of have now and again like her sex appeal like I don't ever think you can have too much sex appeal so I would definitely add some of that to myself as well is she maybe um esmeralda is almost like faultless is she almost like too impressive that it's kind of she'd be difficult to live up to as a figure Mm. no i don't think so um i think the issue that women can have especially is that we can tend to really limit ourselves and like limit our our greatness and what we're able to achieve as women and I think from such like a young age um we've kind of been told you know like don't be too out there and don't be too sexy or you're gonna be perceived as like as a whore like so we've naturally taken that step back um yeah so I don't think she's yeah like, like I definitely don't think she was almost too too perfect in in that sense mm-hmm yeah um so well what did you think about her decision to end up with phoebus do you like phoebus i do like phoebus yeah um (laughs) (laughs) i do think he was he was very very cool and he i think he was a good middle ground between um frollo and quasimodo Mm -hmm. so i actually watched the film again uh on the weekend so last week Sunday and it was interesting how like all three men had this crazy obsession with her from like the get-go but all in all I'm definitely happy that she ended up with Phoebus I think Frollo was way too much and (laughs) when I watched it again 
I was literally like in my room thinking, he's such a sexual predator. Like mm. he was, he was so obsessed with him. And I think because of how strong he believed in his faith, like it suppressed his sexual desires. So especially when he is singing Hellfire, like that clearly comes out and he's just like, oh, she's obviously put like a spell on me. It, like it's not my fault, forgive me. It's her because she's attractive and she's obviously a witch and blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. he didn't take any accountability for his desires at all. Whereas on the flip side, Quasimodo fell for her and I think that's just because he lacked human interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the first person that he interacted with outside of Frollo. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was almost like this, this instant love that he, he had for her because she was genuinely just very kind to him. So if um, Quasimodo is putting Esmeralda on a pedestal, do yes. you feel that you've ever been put on a pedestal or put someone on a pedestal? And is that as unhealthy as it is in the film? Um, I've definitely put someone on a pedestal and I do think it's, it's unhealthy because you don't kind of give yourself any thought that that person can do any wrong because you have put them so high up. So when they do something wrong, just because that that's just how people are, um, it can be very damaging for you because you instantly don't see them the same um probably something I would never do again because it doesn't help any kind of relationship or friendship whatever it is putting someone on a pedestal and especially like if they don't want to even be there Mm -hmm. um I don't think it's very fair to them I don't think it's very fair to you like I think it's it's something that we do as kids to our parents where like we we kind of see them as superheroes and they're like invincible and they're so high up and then the older you get and you see that okay my mum or my dad for example is another human being and they can make mistakes it's a bit of a harsh way to learn that that's how people are just people mm-hmm. um yeah and then i guess on the flip side of that we've got um phoebus who sort of sees Esmeralda is sexual, but then yes. you have Frollo who uh, like, over-sexualizes her, like fetishizes yeah. her. So there's, um, a, I guess there's a chasm between those two things. But where do you see the, the differences between those two things? So I think with Phoebus, as much as he, oh, he definitely sexualized her to a degree in the start. But I think he saw her beyond her sex appeal and the way that she dressed and the way that she sang and the way that she she acted like there is so much more to her whereas with Frollo he almost couldn't get past her physical beauty um and that's what drew him in so much and it's not like he cared about the fact that her people were just trying to survive he didn't care about any of that. He just he just wanted to own her as opposed to like wanting to love her and to get to know her for her. It was very much an ownership thing. So it was a clear example of what it is to have a fetish 
anti—I can never say this word—fetishize mm-hmm. um, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and I also had—I wrote this question down and I crossed it out. I kept with Phoebus. I was like, would they have had good sex with Phoebus and <laughs> Esmeralda? Phoebus and Esmeralda, would they have had good sex? Um, I think they would have had very like loving and passionate sex. Um, because I think as people, they are both very passionate in like in their own right. So I think that would have tra- uh, transcend transcended. There we go into their sex life. Um, like I was trying to think if they would have kinky sex. I feel like Esmeralda would have very kinky sex, and Phoebus would have to learn <laughs> a few things and. They would probably explore his sexuality a lot more than the other way around. Yeah, like like I definitely think Esmeralda would be very into kink and Phoebus would be quite (laughs) vanilla-ish. Yeah, vanilla-ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are you excited about the prospect of a live-action remake? I am. Um, (sighs) Wait, actually, I think I answered that a bit too quickly um, <laughs> and the only reason that I say that is because not all live action remakes have been good mm-hmm. so I like I wouldn't want them to ruin it but I do think if it's done well and properly I think it could be incredible mm-hmm. um, so like even if I think about the live action remake of Mulan that again one of my favorite like my top five Disney films of of all time and I think also for like a similar reason where Mulan is this very strong and powerful woman um so I taped to her more but the trailer of that looks incredible (laughs) so I'm hoping that the rest of of the film is as good but um going back to the Hunchback of Notre Dame I do think it could be done well. Well, I hope it's done well anyway. But yes, I'm excited for it. I will definitely watch it regardless. Just because like, I feel like it's, it's my duty to almost. <laughs> um, I think that's all my questions. Uh, have you got anything that you want to plug? Um, oh, what can I plug? So, I, I mean, I can obviously plug my podcast. If anybody wants to come in listen to me talking about sex and relationships and how to navigate um that then you can obviously check me out at just the tip podcast which is on um spotify itunes soundcloud wherever you listen to a podcast my podcast should be there you can also check me out on twitter and instagram at just the tip pod or just underscore georgette again on twitter and instagram i am actually going to be in manchester on the 25th of March with uh, Killing Kittens, which I'm super excited about. And we're going to be talking about orgasms and which, I mean, I I love orgasms. So I, <laughs> I can't wait to kind of sit on a panel with some amazing women and just talk orgasms. So if anybody is, I guess, up that way and wants some more information, you can check out killingkittens. I think it's .com. And the event is also on Eventbrite. Um, just type in Killing Kittens and it should come up. So yeah, I think that's that's all I need to plug right now. Amazing. Well, um, thanks for, for doing this. No, thank you so much. Like, this was very, very fun.